Morning Show with Anthony on 92.9 and 96.9 EHM. Uh, happy to be joined on the phone by one of the members of the Lone Bellow. Kaneen is with us. Kaneen, good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really, really good. Uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the band, uh, but I just want to, oh. I just want to say okay. that I specifically requested you because I, oh, you I stop it. I do. I love you, and I just flat out can't stand the other two guys. I mean, horrible, just horrible. <laughs> yeah, they're an acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, they really are. Like you're so wonderful and appealing, and then like, meh, you know, they're okay. They're okay. It's a daily battle I have to do. <laughs> across the bear <laughs> I was telling uh, the story about how the band came together the other day and uh, I have to ask you this first before I ask you anything because I'm always fascinated by you guys and how much bad radio hosts you have to put up with and how many bad interviews you have to put up with <laughs> like are you sick of telling it's an extra it's a lovely extraordinary unbelievable story but are you tired of answering that question to start most interviews no, because we have a radio host bingo that we're very competitive at. So uh, <laughs> this will help me uh, scratch off a couple sections on my chart. <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. Radio host bingo. <laughs> See, I knew all you musicians were making fun of the radio people. I just had to finally get one of you to admit to it. And now I'm so happy that you have, finally. Oh, You know what? Good. It's the circle of life. No, listen, I, I aside from being a radio host myself, if there's a, a group or sect of people I can't stand the most, it's radio people. They're the worst. They're the absolute worst people. <laughs> They've generally been very uh, kind to us. No, you're just being so. polite now because you feel bad about admitting the truth. But the thing is, is, you know, when you're talking to Slappy and Dappy in the morning, like it's got to be hard when they're just rolling through your Wikipedia and they're not real fans and you're answering the same four questions over and over again. That sucks. I'm sorry. It sucks. Yeah, you try to have you try to have fun with it no matter what. And you just you don't even answer the questions. Just say whatever you want to say. <laughs> You know, just deflect. <laughs> <laughs> Is that, do you get extra points in radio host bingo if you deflect and don't really oh, yeah. answer? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like a center square. <laughs> <laughs> so let me surmise for those who are listening and are, are just joining us. The band got together. Uh, it, the extraordinary story, I'm going to tell it very quickly. You interrupt me if you feel you need to. Uh, but Zach's wife, they were down and they were down south and they were horseback riding by the, his family's whatever. Her horse comes back. They're all settling in. Her horse comes back. She's not on it. They find that she falls off. She breaks her neck slash back. Doctors, not good. Quadriplegic, really not great. Miraculously, well, let me start here. Six, uh, he's, he's, uh, he begins writing. He's sharing it with his friends down there. Um, you know, he's devastated beyond belief, which honestly, how could you not be? Although I will give him credit for sticking with his wife. Like my wife had a cold the other day and I contemplated leaving her just to be totally honest with you. <laughs> Again, I wish well, I was because you're a radio person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. My wife stubs her toe. I start packing up the kids. So for Zach to <laughs> stand by her is just extraordinary. So anyway, it's not a great outcome. It doesn't look good. You know, um, and he's writing and he's, you know, stricken with grief and he starts showing people this writing and they say to him, you know, maybe you should take up songwriting because this kind of it's all rhyming and it sounds like songs. 
which I find really fascinating because like at the time he's writing, he doesn't even know how to play guitar or music. And now he's in like one of the biggest bands that are around. It's insane. So he he uh, makes this pact with his friends that, you know, if they if if a miracle were to occur, they'd all move to Brooklyn. It's like 15 people. And sure enough, within like what was it like six months, Kaneen? She walks out of the hospital. Yeah, it wasn't very long. Yeah, it's crazy. So they they yeah. move to Brooklyn. Uh, he starts playing music as he promised. First of all, it's amazing that they all moved to Brooklyn because I can't even get all my friends to agree on a place for our Christmas dinner. Like this is going to take two months on its own. <laughs> and he got fifteen people to uproot his, uh, you know, their entire lives and move together. That's extraordinary in its own right. But anyway. <laughs> Moves up there, uh, I guess runs into Brian, who they were kind of old acquaintances with, and you get involved. Now, here's your your part of the story is pretty extraordinary, too. You were off studying to be a chef, as I understand? Uh, who knows what I was doing at that time. Uh, <laughs> I was living in, I, I lived in Beijing for a while, for several years after I graduated from school. And then, yeah, I moved to New York to go to pastry chef school. Um, and my plan, uh, my doomed plan was to go do that and then move back to China after a couple of years in the States. Oh, that- but it was all, all usurped by this musical endeavor. <laughs> <laughs> Why pastry school? Well, first of all, wh- where are you from originally? I'm from Virginia. So Fredericksburg. Right. Uh, so very similar. America's most historic city, according to our uh, visitor center. <laughs> All right, that's cool. So that's very similar. I don't know. That's something you can really quantify, but we did it. <laughs> well, you don't really. As long as you put it on a sign somewhere, it's 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 law. That's what I find to be true. Mm. Yeah, if you someone will believe it. If you commit the effort and thirty five dollars to painting it on a sign, then who's going to fight you? <laughs> Um, so then, so why, where did Beijing come in? How'd you wind up over there and, and wanting to go back? Oh man. Uh, I was a linguistics major at school and I took Chinese kind of on a whim as part of my elective credit. And I just really enjoyed it. Um, just had a lot of fun studying it and I wanted to study abroad before I graduated. So I decided to spend a summer over in China because it scared the living daylight out of me, the thought of it. And then when I got there, I just, I loved it, you know. And why pastry chef in New York? Like, why study here just because it's New York? And well, it's like, it's like the normal trajectory, right? <laughs> it seems like a pretty straight line. Um, <laughs> yeah. Be- Virginia to Beijing to New York. I, I can see it. Uh, but then you come back, so you're here. And then who, is it Zach or Brian that calls you up and is like, hey, we're doing this thing. Do you want to get in on it? Is- it was Zach. Um, yeah, he... So we had sung together a couple years prior. Uh, I had come home to the States for my older brother's wedding. And so my older brother was part of that friend group um, uh, that knew Zach and Stacy through her accident. And my brother went to Nashville and everybody else went to New York. But we both went, uh, Zach and I both sang together at my brother's wedding in Nashville. And Zach, I think MySpace messaged me later and was like, <laughs> we got to sit. You want to come sing in New York with me? And I was like, I live in Asia. <laughs> it's a long commute, man. 
Uh, so he's like, well, if you ever move to New York, you know, let's, uh, let's sing together. And so I think, you know, we weren't even on the plane yet. And he was like plotting. He heard that my husband and I were coming and my husband's an amazing musician. And so he had, you know, he was ready to go in for the kill. So essentially, so yeah, basically, essentially yeah. we have creepy Tom from MySpace to thank for this kind of coming Aww, together. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Everybody needs a friend like Tom. <laughs> we sure do. Um, with a dry erase board. Remember there was only that one picture of Tom like turning around with a dry erase board behind him? That's all we I know. So he was wearing like a white t-shirt or something. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Oh, He's very man. like nondescript. Oh, yeah. I yeah. That. The MySpace days. So great. Did you have a lot of frilly, blinky things on your MySpace page? No, but I did. I did always have a pretty moody song happening. <laughs> did you? Remember you could have a song that played whenever you... Uh, That's right. You know, whenever someone clicked on your page. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would spend a, probably way too much time thinking about that. <laughs> Those early days. Of my, so MySpace gave us the Lone Bellow and Dane Cook. And so far, the Lone Bellow is still mm-hmm. around. Which is interesting. Um, poor Dane Cook. Anyway, uh, let's stop reminiscing about MySpace. <laughs> Talk about you guys. Um, the buzz on your band was so uh, huge. I like. I'm curious as to how that started. What was the first couple of places that you guys played? Because it seems like mm-hmm. it caught very, very quickly. So you were playing the right spots where the bloggers and then the magazines and all that. We're going to. So, what were some of those places in the early days? Yeah, um, we played a lot. We didn't play a lot outside the city. We played a lot at Rockwood Music Hall, which is a uh, down like Lower East Side ish, and uh, on Allen Allen and Houston Street. And that place is the best. And anytime I'm in New York, I still just go there, even if I don't know who's playing. Um, it's where I love to take people because it's just always a a great experience. Um, we also, our first opening gig was for this band called the Civil Wars. Mm-hmm. And we we did like a couple dates with them uh, before we even had a band name or uh, before we really knew how many times we sing the chorus of Green Eyes and a Heart of Gold. And it would just kind of turn into like a 10 minute uh, ball of confusion. Um, <laughs> we didn't do that. And yeah, we went on like a little tour with them um, before even our first record came out. So that was a really, those were like great, really receptive audiences, um, really good rooms for us and just a really good way to kind of start figuring out what we wanted to do live and how we wanted to, to approach the shows. And then really, I mean, we all quit our jobs. Basically we asked time off. I remember we played Conan O'Brien the day our first record came out. And then we basically all had to quit our jobs, uh, for South by Southwest that year. And I think we played like, we played like 17 shows in six or seven days. I mean, it was, it was insane. That is crazy. So was, yeah. We hit the ground running pretty hard. I got to ask you how, cause I love the civil wars too. It's such a shame that they're still not making music together, but I love them. That's like a good pairing. Cause you guys both have that soulful harmonizing thing. How did you, mm-hmm. did you guys know uh, joy and John Paul or how'd you guys get onto their uh, run? Yeah, Zach knew Zach had known Joy. I think she had stayed at his apartment during a blizzard. I think she and her husband Nate had, if I have that lore down correctly. 
but they had known each other for a little while. Um, our first time, we didn't know they toured as a duo. So our very first time opening for them in Philadelphia, we showed up with like an eight or nine piece band (laughs) 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 to open for them. It was so stupid. It was like, bah. (laughs) Could you even fit on a stage? Because it's just the two of them. I mean, did they even have a. Oh, my God. I mean, we were pretty crammed. But we were used to that in New York. You know, someone was always like playing on the floor or amps were like wherever. So, yeah, we felt a little bit sheepish about that. Tell me what it's like. What does it feel like to be on Conan O'Brien, which is a massive national, obviously, televised show in Canada, all over mm. the world? What is that like? And then you're like, oh, man, I got to go quit my job. Like w- w- when they tell you <laughs> you're booked on Conan O'Brien and you still have a real job, like w- what's that feeling going through your, your head? This it's awesome. It's also terrifying. Late night TV, man, you got to get there. You get there so early, and then you're there all day, and then the last thing they tape is the musical performance. So all of the anticipation is just building for hours, and then you have one shot, and I think we all just kind of like black out mentally for a few minutes, and then you like come to when the host is going around shaking everybody's hand. But I don't know, like I'll yeah, I'll never forget kind of asking my boss timidly if I could have work off because I had to go play Conan and she like flipped out. She was so excited. Um, <laughs> Did she believe you? Cause if somebody came in here and was like, yeah, I gotta go play Conan. I can't make it in. I'd be like, what? Stop, <laughs> stop lying. Don't make she this did. up. She did. She tracked kind of with what we were doing. And, um, you know, I worked at this place called the Brooklyn pharmacy in soda fountain. Wonderful little, uh, in Carroll Gardens and I actually had that job before I had an apartment in New York uh, working as a soda jerk and then when I got my pastry degree I did all the in-house stuff but I got the job so easily because it was actually my second soda jerk job so I had soda jerking experience (laughs) Um, you know (laughs) who doesn't Um, but I'd stayed there because they were it was such a supportive group of people and they, um, they just really wanted, they had a lot of like actors and musicians on staff and they wanted to keep it flexible and, uh, and just conducive for everybody to really go after what they were pursuing in the city. So it was, I mean, it was amazing to, to finally tell them that like, this is actually, this is happening, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. But, you know, on the other I mean, this is it sounds like a Hollywood story. But on the other side of this, like, I mean, I can probably sit here to the end of time naming bands that have been on late night and and don't go anywhere. So I'm sure there was a bit of fear in that. Like, there's no guarantee that you're going to be, you know, five years later still making a living at at producing music. Yeah, we can't all be Hootie. I think Hootie and the Blowfish played some like David Letterman and then sold like a million records that night or something you know we're not all Darius <laughs> can't all be him no we can't but uh no I mean those are kind of fun things that are fun to share with your friends and they feel important um but really you know everything you do every time you're making a record you have to put the same amount of of heart and soul and conviction into it and I feel like we've been really lucky um 
that our hard work has paid off. I know plenty of bands who work super hard, who are amazingly talented and they, you know, and it doesn't work out in the same way. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get like weird on you here, but like, do, no. do you feel uh, too late? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel almost like uh, chosen to a certain degree? I mean, it's weird to say, but like, <laughs> I like I like me personally like I know plenty of funny and entertaining people. I mean a lot of them are our listeners. Like our listeners sometimes are a lot more funny than I am. Um but but yet like I get to no. come here and do yeah. That's really hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> but like I'm the one who gets to come here and do this every day and, and like live out mm. my little dream with with all the adversity that the Zach and then you're in China and all like all this like for this to all come together and still be going strong. I don't know. Does it feel like there's like a force behind this all or does do you feel like no, it's just it's the hard work and the results and that's it? Oh, it's definitely more than hard work. I can name 100 people off the top of my head who I feel like if it was just hard work, they should be, you know, the ones on stage every night. Um, but I don't know. I'm mean, that's getting into like, what do you believe about the essence of how the universe works and your theology and all that? I do feel, I do feel very fortunate and I do feel that there are things that play beyond my control and I'm trying to do, the best to to use the opportunities and and gifts we've been given for good and not for evil, you know. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be one of those evil songwriters. No, there are <laughs> there are many. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're on the pop stations. That's where <laughs> that's where you can find all that. Oh, uh, pop music, am I right? <laughs> Kaneen is with us here. Lone Bellow, uh, Friday night, West Hampton Beach Performing Arts Center. Proud to call this an EHM Presents show. Uh, it's going to be good. Now, um, now that you guys are, what is it, uh, three three albums in, I guess? Right? Three? Yeah, three full three full lengths, and then we just released uh, a self-released EP just like a couple weeks ago. The Restless. So, yeah, three, three full lengths. Yeah, The Restless yeah. EP. Yeah. How is the... Uh, Which how... we made in my attic. Oh, did you really? I yeah, didn't, I didn't know that. It was very exciting. Is it more? I had to get rid of all the brown recluse spiders that were up there. <laughs> <laughs> is that more? For, well, now the first record you recorded at Rockwood, right? Is that true? Correct. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other mm -hmm. two were in recording studios. Yeah, we did the second one at Dreamland Studios, which is in Woodstock, New York. Looks like. Have you ever seen? Are you familiar with the Muppets? <laughs> I like got the OG Muppets. Uh, well, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and I'm also very immature, so I'm I'm familiar with the OG <laughs> Muppets and the current Muppets. So yes. Okay. Um, well, you remember Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem? I sure do. And the church that they lived in? Yes. Yeah. That is what Dreamland Studios feels like. Oh. <laughs> I kept expecting Doctor Teeth and Janice to, to pop out. <laughs> That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, it didn't happen. But uh, and then the third record we recorded with Dave Cobb at RCA Studios in uh, Nashville. Oh wow! Oh, so no, that's no big deal. That's a serious setup no. right there. All right, so then why go to your, why go to your attic? Because just to mix it up, something different. Yeah, you know, it just kind of felt like an itch we needed to scratch, mm. and 
Yeah, it was really fun. We wanted to do just something that was more like low key and acoustic, um, kind of to support this this tour that we're that we're on, which is just the three of us around a microphone. So to give more of that vibe. Kanina's with us from the Lone Bellow. You guys have toured a whole bunch too. What's the one thing that keeps you sane when you're on the road? Is it like finding a good food spot <laughs> or coffee? Is it knitting? Nothing. Nothing. I'm off the rails. I'm I am I am insane. No. Uh you know, good coffee, which is awesome because over the what is it, five years we've been touring, the proliferation of good coffee shops across our fair country is truly a marvel. You know, there are just a lot of great great spots. It's just a good good place to go to kind of get the pulse of a town. Yes. It's like a good local coffee spot. Yeah. yeah, that's a definite thing. We also, I I like to run. Most of us are runners in the band, and we'll go and take a good run around the town, get, not, get a feel for it. Yeah. All right, since I'm physically unfit, let's talk about the coffee. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I love a coffee. I, I'm I, When I go to visit somewhere, I like to find, like, the unique coffee spot. And I find that mm-hmm. the bigger jerks and more like difficult they are, the better the coffee is. Hmm. Like I went to Jersey recently and I went to this coffee place and I'm like, can I get a latte? And the girl behind the counter was like, actually, we don't make espressos. We make like a coffee, uh, you know, extract thing. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, well, well, what if I want that? And it was a 15 minute. Expl- it was a dissertation from her to me. And the more she uh, spoke and more to educate you. Oh, and more more that she actually made me feel like a little person, the more excited I got. <laughs> and the, I don't know anything. Yeah. Oh, and the and the and she was she was I knew not and the coffee was the most delicious coffee I've ever had. It was so amazing. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Rook coffee. It's a fine line. Yeah. It I've is. been to plenty of places that just I feel like they just exist. I don't know. They're like some issues that never got resolved from childhood, and now they <laughs> just exist to demean, you know, people who just want a seasonal pumpkin spice beverage. Um, <laughs> you know, there's nothing intrinsically wrong about that. Um, no, but I, yeah, I, I enjoy like niceties. I like nice chats with strangers and people working at shops. So if someone's just like snobby just to be snobby that's not really my my thing but i do feel like if someone's like we don't do that and here's why and they're nice about it then that's great and yeah you can get excited because you're like i'm about to experience something that someone's really proud of and they've put a lot of work into you know crafting this yeah this lovely (laughs) uh, beverage yeah 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 i'm with you yeah, I just I want somebody to be mean to me before my coffee. I don't know. Maybe I have unresolved childhood <laughs> issues. Who knows? <laughs> there's a maybe there's a bitter root in your heart you need to dig out. I would bet on it. Um, listen, when you get to <laughs> when you get, when you get to the area um, by the theater, there's a, a bakery uh-huh. down the block. They have good coffee, uh, but in All the right. opposite direction, two minutes away from the theater is Hampton Coffee Company. They got a couple locations out here. The lattes are pretty good, so you can try those out. Oh, they they have lattes there. Yeah. Oh, they got. Yeah, they have. They're very friendly too. They're, but they're friendly and good coffee. It's it's a different one I usually look for when I travel. <laughs> <laughs> if you're feeling good about yourself that day, you don't need someone to be mean to you. Yeah. <laughs> you, you go there. All right. Okay. 
Uh, well, can Duly you noted. Listen, I'm not going to torture you anymore. I hope you filled out your. Uh, your thank God. <laughs> I hope you filled out your radio host bingo card enough this morning with me. Um, oh I, yeah, I won. I won all the prizes. <laughs> and I look. Camp lantern. Yeah. Pack of pack of Hanes socks. Oh, nice. At least it's Hanes. That's nicer than what I had when I was growing up. There was no name brand on that package. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Mom and Dad. Uh, they always listen. It's a problem. Uh, anyway, uh, Aww. yeah. Uh, Kaneen, Friday night, looking forward to it. W- uh, West Hampton Beach Performing Arts Center. Tickets are on sale at whbpac.org. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, is there anything we need to know about the show? It's it's a lot more It's acoustic-based, this one? Yeah, it's basically it's the three of us. Um, around one microphone, kind of re- reimagine some songs acoustically, and then we're kind of playing a lot of songs that we don't usually get the chance to play in a full band set. And then, you know, it's a lot of fun. It kind of frees it up for more audience participation and more storytelling, banter, terrible, terrible banter, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Right. <laughs> I know. That's how I make my living. I know what terrible banter is. I do it five days a week in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) The well-exercised muscle. All right. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to it. I want everybody in the audience to go and buy tickets because clearly you guys have fallen on hard times. You're sharing one microphone. That's not good. I want to get you guys back on your feet. Get you a bunch of microphones that you deserve. And uh, like... 12 microphones <laughs> for your like eight- a barricade of microphones between <laughs> us and the audience <laughs> for your eight piece band <laughs> that's such a great story uh-huh. <laughs> all right uh Kineen, <laughs> i appreciate the time this was fun for me i hope it was halfway decent for you no it's all right i'll recover <laughs> i'll take it actually that's the most positive review i've ever had so i'll take it for sure <laughs> And uh, we'll see you when you're welcome. We'll see you when you come to town on Friday. Great. All right. Take care. Peace.